Lose the Cape Podcast, episode 179. Welcome back to another episode of the Lose the Cape Podcast. I am Alexa Bigwarf, along with my wonderful co-host, Nancy. <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were going to introduce me if I was going to do my own name. <laughs> Y'all, seriously, a year and a half into this and we still don't know how to do our introduction, but... <laughs> yeah, out of our groove, it's been a while. It has been a while. We are so excited to get back into this season of podcast episodes with really important topics. And I'm excited about what we are covering because it's it's all over the place, but it makes sense if you're a mom who really cares about your community, what's happening in your local area, what's happening in your state, what's happening in your nation, and if you care about yourself as a woman, and if you care about children. So that's very broad, and we cover topics in that whole area. So if you're new to the show and are like, okay, last week they were talking about politics, and this week they're talking about coats, that kind of helps explain why that would be, because if it matters to moms, if it matters to women, we are talking about it. Today, I, as I always say, am super excited <laughs> to, have, to have our guest, but I am especially pleased to bring on Beth Amadio. She is the president and CEO of One Warm Coat, a national nonprofit that provides free warm coats to people in need. Since it was founded in 1992, One Warm Coat has facilitated the collection and distributed of more than 6 million coats to men, women, and children across all 50 states. States. Beth has more than 20 years of leadership experience in nonprofit organizations and educational institutions, including four years as Senior Director of Development and Communications for the Second Harvest Food Bank in Santa Clara and San, did we say, is that Mateo? I'm yes. not a California person, so yeah. oh, I got it right, San Mateo <laughs> counties in California. Her key areas of expertise include campaign management, major gift solicitations, corporate relations, branding, and strategic planning. She has extensive experience working with nonprofit boards. She has a BA in psychology from the University of Tennessee, which we won't hold against her, and a master's <laughs> degree in institutional advancement from Vanderbilt. She currently resides in Columbia, South Carolina, whoop, whoop, with her okay. husband and their two sons and their pet schnoodle, Molly. And the most important thing on her resume is that she is a wonderful, caring woman that I have had the pleasure of knowing since our sons, who are now 12, were in four-year-old preschool together. So, oh, wow. Yes, yes, that's right. We've done playdates together before. For a long <laughs> time. A long and and mommy playdates, too. Don't yes. forget the important the ones there. Of mommy yeah, playdates. They're not for the kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. The kids are not even invited. No, <laughs> not at all. Oh, Beth, thank you so much for being here with us. I, I, this, is such, this is an important topic to me. And it actually, my history with this particular thing actually started with you way back in the preschool. I remember, uh, so in Colombia, where we are, we have a really high migrant population and we have a really high um, population of low income homeless and just low income families. And I'll never forget Beth taking the lead years ago to collect coats in our area and to distribute them to elementary schools with higher um, uh, it was to elementary schools, right? You were taking them to elementary right. schools for the kids who were in, in, in need of them. And we did worked on the backpack program together and all kinds of stuff. So I thank you for being such a passionate advocate about it long before you lurked, worked for um, One Warm Coat. And 
you know, inspiring yes. me. Thank you. And, th- and, you know, it's really a fabulous thing because it's such an easy way for people to plug into the community that it's something that everyone understands right off the bat that there's a need for each and every person to have a warm coat. And so it's very accessible and everyone can look in their closets and their children's closets and find coats that they no longer need. And um, everyone wants to do something good with them. And a lot of times just really don't know how to start. So I have a question that I utilize in my life um, over and over again, which is how can I help? So I try to ask my friends, my family, that question. And that's what got me into this in the first place. When Charlie started kindergarten, I met the social worker at the school where he attended. And because we do have such a high population of low-income families, um, each school is assigned a social worker in our district. And I told her, you know, I have a background in working with these kinds of populations. And I said, how can I help? She said, you know what? What we really need right now are coats. And so I went out on a mission and started calling and texting and emailing everyone I knew from every different you know, place in my life and collected a huge mound of coats and showed up at the school. And we collected so many coats that first coat season that we actually supplied coats to the entire school district yeah. and their families. So not just the students, but also their younger infant siblings at home and their moms and their dads. And that started a tradition that is um, still in place of collecting coats for the school district, which ultimately led me to this job. Yeah, that's amazing. I did not know it was still going on. I have fallen off the loop on that, but I would like to reconnect and get reengaged in that because I, you know, the, the beautiful thing about living in Columbia, South Carolina, is that our winters are fairly mild. However, the bad part about it is that when it gets cold, it's, it's, horribly cold because we don't have the right kind of of protective gear right so you're i remember seeing some children standing out at the bus stop at 6 30 in the morning when it's 30 degrees outside with a sweatshirt on and you're just thinking to yourself there you know we have to do something to help these kids if that's all they can some of them didn't even have sweatshirts on i've seen them standing out there in t-shirts before so it's as a mom to me this is a huge issue as much as it is making sure they're fed uh, you know making sure they're not getting pneumonia standing waiting for the bus <laughs> exactly and you know a lot of the low income families um, winter is a strain on their budget because they're mm-hmm. paying extra for heating And a lot of times it's not very warm inside their homes either. Um, I've had the privilege of visiting many of the homes of the families that we serve. And some of them have windows missing, with Mm. blankets hanging over the windows. Uh, The floor has rotted out. And so the cold from the ground is seeping through. Mm. And it's extremely cold inside the home too. So a lot of times these children are wearing the coats to sleep in as well as waiting for the bus. And when they go out to recess and the other kids are running and playing, they need that warm coat so they too can go outside and run and play. I had not even thought about that. See, this is another element of privilege that you don't, you don't even think about what it's like when for people that can't pay their electric bills or have holes in their floors. Exactly. Yeah. 
Wow. So your organization and Nancy, sorry, pop in whenever you have a question, but One Warm Code, I know you're here in Columbia, but this is a, a, an international organization, right? We are factually a national organization, but we have partnered with different corporations who have an international footprint. So we've also managed coat drives in probably up to about 10 other countries, oh, wow. but we're primarily national. We do have partner agencies in all 50 states and wonderful. We call them our ambassadors. These are the wonderful volunteers that run coat drives every year. Usually there are between 3,500 and 4,000 coat drives that happen every fall and winter. And these are across all 50 states. So a lot of people will say, well, do they really need coats in Mississippi, for example? And the answer to that is because our coats that are collected through the coat drives are distributed locally, generally what is collected is what is needed in that region. Oh, that, so makes, that makes sense. If, if you're in Mississippi or Alabama, you're going to find a lot more, you know, lightly lined rain jackets, for example. But if you're in Nebraska, it's going to be a really thick down parka. So it tends to work out just fine because the people donating the coats are right there locally with the people receiving the coats. I think that's like a really good point to make because I know that one of the concerns that I have when I donate clothing to say like Goodwill or Savers that I don't know where it's going you know they could be you know packaging it up for recycling or you know and it might not be useful to anybody if they don't keep it local in their store so I think that's a really good um, strategy a point to make for anybody who was wondering you know what happens to my stuff when I donate it will somebody actually be able to use it that's a really good point, and we do get that question a lot. One of the things that I like about the fact that it's coats that we facilitate is it's kind of like a virtual hug. And we encourage, especially groups with children, um, a lot of schools will collect coats or church groups or Girl Scout troops. Um, another way to make it really personal for the children who are invested in collecting these coats for the people who need them is something we call pocket notes. And we will give out little index cards with fun, colorful magic markers to the children and ask them to write a special note to put in the pocket of every coat that's being oh, donated. That's so, sweet. so that when the person who gets the coat puts it on, some point they reach into the pocket and they find a little drawing or a smiley face or we're thinking about you and it's it's really touching um we have on our website there's a video of a woman getting a really big warm coat she was an older woman and she put her hand in the pocket and she pulled out the note and it said we love you and we want you to be warm this winter and she just got really teary-eyed and said, I can't tell you how long it's been since I heard those words. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. So that's a way that we're connecting emotionally with the people who are receiving the coats as well as meeting the physical need because um, the, the cold can have a really severe impact on a person's health and especially children. Children can develop hypothermia much more quickly than adults and senior citizens can also develop hypothermia much more quickly and right now there are about 200,000 people a year 
who die from exposure. Wow. Like even, even people that are not homeless? I mean, that's across the board. So there's homeless okay. people. And then there are people that, again, maybe can't pay for their heat uh-huh. or they're sleeping in their car. And the oh, wow. cold temperatures can turn dangerous really quickly, especially in certain parts of the country where the, you know, the Arctic blast comes through and it drops dangerously low. Yeah. So does one warm coat, in addition to facilitating these coat drives, do you also provide resources for people that, you know, are looking to trying to figure out how to pay their heating bill? You have like a list of other organizations they can turn to? I love that idea. We are not there yet, but because we partner with local agencies across the country, most of those local agencies okay. have those resources. So when we, you know, get a distress call, um, the first thing we do is connect that person with a partner agency right near them um, to help them to address that. That's great. So, I, well, okay. Um, what are some of the things then, you mentioned that you have volunteers in every state. So if somebody's listening to this and they go to your website, are they going to be able to find a location? And if let's say it's two or three hours away from where they live and they want to start their own drive is, do you kind of have like a coat drive in a box? Totally. So (laughs) there are a couple of different ways that moms can get involved. And as I mentioned before, this is a really great project to do with your children. My kids get really excited about it every year. They're like, are we doing the coats today? (laughs) Because I have to add that to the book. We may have to add Beth to the book. (laughs) That would be wonderful. So if you do go to our website, which is onewarmcoat.org, there there are a couple of different resources you can find there. One is register to hold a coat drive. And we try to provide all the tools and resources that someone needs to hold a coat drive. We give you special tips on how to post on social media. Um, We provide lots of things like how to and even tax receipts. So whatever you need to hold a drive, you're going to find those resources and really encourage people to do it. Lots of different types of groups can do Mm -hmm. a co-drive. I mentioned some earlier, but you can also do one with your church or with your tennis team or with your son's baseball team. Um, Even with your neighborhood, a lot of neighborhoods do these. And a lot of individuals will host a coat drive in honor of a special birthday mm-hmm. or okay. even in honor of someone that they've lost. So there's a lot of good reasons to host a drive and it's very simple. There is a button on the website, just register to hold a coat drive. Okay. If you cannot hold your own coat drive, you can also search for a coat drive that's going on near you. Um, There is a map, a locator map that shows all of the coat drives that are currently going on. The map is somewhat vacant right now because most of our coat drives will ramp up in October. Um, But there is also another map which shows all of our agencies. And what I tell people that are looking for a place to donate a coat and they don't see an active coat drive near them, just find an agency near you and drop the coats off to them. Um, They're always happy to receive something like that, especially if it's a really nice, gently worn coat, someone is going to use it. Yeah, go ahead. So I just have one question about like if you, so if you 
want to organize your own coat drive and you go on the website and you get the information are you also getting information about the logistics of distributing the coat because i think that's the part that oh yes. that's a great yes. question so and what do i do like, with the coats so what we tell people after so that's we have a six step program for doing your coat drive and that final step is to look on the map of agencies and find an agency near you to take the coats to okay so you know part of what uh, doing a coat drive with one warm coat offers is that resource of where to take the coats mm -hmm. when you finish okay, good. <laughs> um, and let me also say that anyone who's listening and thinking oh i'm already involved with a nonprofit who could really use coats it's also extremely easy for a nonprofit to register to be a partner agency with us there is also a link on our website there are only two requirements they must be either a 501c3 or a school and they must agree that the coats that are collected through the one warm coat drives will be given out for free they can't be sold in a thrift shop right or anything like that they must be given free those are the only two requirements so a lot of times people will say to me well i'm already working with this you know fabulous shelter for women and they really need coats that's great we love to have more partners and um, it's easy and free for them to register. That's good to know. I wonder, do you know if um, Richland County Casa is a partner with One Warm Coat? They yet? are not. They need to be. I'm going to have to reach out. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. We actually do not have very many distribution partners in South Carolina. Wow. So um, it's something that I want to build. And, yeah. you know, if, if your listeners are thinking, well, I wonder what is registered close to me. Can go online and look at our map and see all the agencies registered near you and you may find that there are some great agencies that don't know about us yeah you know i want to go back to what you were talking about a minute ago because i didn't mean to cut you off i just got excited when you said it because we're, <laughs> we're in relaunch mode of our book yes. which is about raising tiny activists and part of raising activists and becoming an activist is getting behind a cause that you are so passionate about. And, um, and, and we talk a lot in the book about bringing your children along and having them participate in these things and having them see from such an early age. So I love that, that your kids are passionate about this. And, and, um, and I'd love, you know, to talk about that a little bit more because we see that in our life too, that the more our kids get involved in this, the more they naturally start thinking about other people all the time. Yes. Yes. One of my favorite stories about something like this is at our church every year, we do the angel tree mm -hmm. and my neighbor from across the street took her little boy to the angel tree and they picked a name off of the tree who was the same age as Rylan. And she took him to Target and said, what do you think this little boy would like? And he said, I think he would like a toy for his pool. <laughs> And it was like, whoa, wait a minute. We have a lot of discussions to have, right? Yeah. Because, you know, if you don't make a point of having those conversations with your children about how the way we live is not necessarily how everyone else lives. Yeah. And I'm constantly reminding my children that we are so fortunate. And because of that, we have a special obligation to share. 
And yeah. the code drive is a great way to do that. It's very tangible. They yeah. can help sort the coats. Um, my kids have had a lot of fun when we sort the coats into groups. You know, here's the dad coats, mom coats, kid coats. And they, they really think about that when they outgrow their coats now. Yeah. Well, and the idea of putting little love messages in the coat pockets too. I mean, how wonderful is that? And my kids love doing that. I mean, oh. that we just did um, at our tempo, we just did um, a service project where we were making care packages for homeless people that have like socks and stuff in it. Yeah. And one of the things that they always do is put a note in there because mm -hmm. it's just nice to know that like somebody packed this personally for you. Yeah. Yes. That is so great. Um, well, I want to kind of put up, if you're thinking to yourself, I don't know of anybody who might have extra coats or whatever. <laughs> I think we all in this, in this age, we all have kids that are constantly outgrowing their coats. I have a whole closet that I could go through again. But when you ran your first one, I remember reaching out to my... Um, the first one locally here, I remember reaching out to my friends and just being like, hey, we're doing a coat drive. Does anybody have any coats that I can collect up and take to Beth? Or I don't think I used your name at the time, but take to this drive. And one of my friends who is a librarian was at a different school. And she was like, look, um, I have like several bags of coats and jackets left over from the from last school year from the lost and found that nobody <laughs> ever came to claim. Yeah. So she donated two enormous grocery bags, which I'm sitting here, I mean, like garbage bags. And I'm sitting here thinking at my school, they're probably three quarters of that bag or my son's coats because <laughs> I swear he lost seven coats that year. It was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I know that a lot of, um, like at our old school in Connecticut, the PTA um, kind of took it upon themselves to organize the lost and found a couple of times a year. And then we would put out a message that said, if you don't pick up your stuff by the last day of school, it is all getting donated. Yep. It was so, always, and in Connecticut, there's always coats. I mean, yes. Yes. that is 50 degrees out, all the kids take their coats off. Well, yeah, the problem we have here is that it starts at 30 degrees and then by the afternoon it's 90. So they take off their coats and throw them on the playground. And if you're not on top of it right away, which at that point in time, I clearly was not. <laughs> and if you, if you drive by the playground in the afternoon after pickup, you will see this row of coats lined up over the top of the fence where all of the kids have thrown them during the daytime. That is Totally true. <laughs> and I think that, you know, what's interesting about that is that that in and of itself is kind of a privilege because I know oh. that I have had conversations with people where they're like, I don't understand why somebody got mad at me once because my sneakers were dirty. He felt <laughs> that I was like taking my sneakers for granted. He was like, I clean my sneakers every day. I take really good care of them. I would never. And, you know, it's the same thing with coats, you know, yeah. like a kid that really needs that code is yeah. gonna go to oh, yeah. oh and and let me tell you this story um so this was we received a thank you note from a mom of a young boy who got a coat and he it was big and warm and fluffy and he put it on and he just absolutely loved it but then he immediately was like when do i have to give it back mm. and you know, his mom explained to him, like, you get to have this. 
and he said, well, when I outgrow it, I want to give it to someone else so they can be warm too. But she said that for several weeks, he took the coat with him everywhere and he was so scared that he was going to have to give it back. Oh she kept gosh. having to reassure him that got to keep it. So you're exactly right, Nancy. You know, our kids have grown up in privilege where they can easily toss their coat aside during playtime and forget about it. But when you are a child who has grown up cold or without clothes of your own, it is something that you treasure. Yeah, that is so true. So um, for everybody's benefit, can you speak out the name of the website so they know exactly where to go? Because I know everyone's going to run out and organize a coat drive now or find well, one I near them. Up, I just looked up <laughs> coat drives in my area. I live near San Jose and there's like 5 million agencies. California. Yes. So it is, it's one O-N-E, warm, coat, dot O-R-G. That's easy enough. One warm Yes. Everything will be in the show notes, of course, at losethecape.com. But we want to make sure for anybody who is just listening that they know where to go. Um, for our, our listeners who might be in Columbia, South Carolina, when's the next event happening here? Has one been planned yet? I know it's still September as we record. But. Yes. So actually, there is a coat drive happening right now at oh. Spring Valley Presbyterian Church. Okay. And the coats from that coat drive will go to the Richland 2 School District. And that coat drive is happening through the end of October. Okay, great. The next big coat drive will actually be taking place at the J Crew in Trenum Plaza. Um, mm -hmm. J Crew is one of our national partners, and every year they do a coat drive in November and December. And actually, with them, if you bring in a gently worn coat, you will get twenty-five dollars off a new coat. Nice. That's so a good deal at J Crew. <laughs> So this is like at J. Crews across the country. Every J. Crew across the country. Wow. Also every Brooks Brothers across the country. Wow. As a coach drive for us. Um, next week, Lands End. All the Lands End stores oh, are doing a coat drive. All oh, the Carhartt stores good. will be doing a coat drive. Okay. So, so there's awesome. a lot of opportunities coming up to give. So to give and get. <laughs> it's a win-win. <laughs> if somebody wanted to plan their own coat drive, how much... Um, how much time would you say to leave for planning and getting the coat drive up and running? You can get it up and running in a day. Okay. We will provide you all of the information. As soon as you register, we send you a link uh, with a PDF to everything you need to download. So okay. you, you can get it up and running really quickly. There are online, we do have an online store where people can order extra things if they want to plan ahead, like yard signs and posters and thermometers and collection bins. But lots of our ambassadors will find a box that they have lying around and decorate it and use that as their collection bin. And that's totally fine. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we also do love donations uh, online donations and every one dollar donated warms one person nice okay when you speak to warms does that mean they get a coat for everyone or what what does warms yes. mean so <laughs> we in addition to the coat drive program that we've been talking about today we also have a crisis coat fund where we actually purchase new coats 
and we will ship those to agencies in crisis. So remember last year when the polar vortex was headed towards Chicago (laughs) and um, our agencies in Chicago were reaching out saying, do you have any extra coats on hand? Well, we, we didn't because we don't have a physical entity. We're a virtual nonprofit. And so after that, the board got together and said, we really want to be able to be a little bit more flexible and react in real time when there's a crisis coming. So this year we actually set aside some funds. We purchased coats from a wholesale company. And when we get those crisis calls, we are able to pivot and react immediately now. That's great. Um, We also do a bulk coat donation program where manufacturers can call us with their overstock or irregulars coats they can't sell but are perfectly fine and we will ship those for them so the coats don't get disposed of which unfortunately otherwise they often are Um, instead they're sent to people in need and they're new wow that's great yeah the landfill keeping other countries from getting glutted with our toss-offs. Exactly. There really is an environmental consciousness to this effort as well. Mm -hmm. You know, the reuse, recycle, um, instead of, like you said, throwing something away or, or in the case of the large manufacturers, they typically will burn the items that are irregular. So we have been doing huge (laughs) outreach over the last couple of years to say, please don't dispose of those. Let us have them. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So just a little bit of logistic here. If you're going to donate to a, a code drive, they should be clean and washed, right? That would be great. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, and, and it can be anything from, from heavy sweatshirts to lined rain jackets to regular rain jackets, right? Anything that would be outerwear. Absolutely. And actually, all of our agencies also welcome other winter accessories such as scarves, mittens, gloves, hats. So feel free to donate those as well. Okay, perfect. Good to know. Well, I know you know how little my my youngest one is. She has kind of stagnated in growth and we keep getting hand-me-downs. So she probably has about 12 coats for her size range <laughs> well, right now. She, so. may, she may need those to keep her fashion profile high though. Uh, this is true. But I'm sure we can, we can part with one or two of them, I'm sure. So. <laughs> yes, we'll be cleaning out the closets and taking those right over to Spring Valley. So that's great. excellent. Thank you so much, Beth. Is there anything else that you would like, uh, anything else that you didn't get a chance to say that you wanted to make sure people knew about before we wrap this up? No, I mean, just in summary, there's a bunch of different ways you can help. You can donate to a coat drive. You can hold your own coat drive. You can make a financial contribution and you can tell nonprofit agencies about our program and ask them to join us. Sounds good. And I really love that, like, this all started with one simple question, how can I help? And I think that's a lesson for all of us that are, like, trying to figure out how can I help? You have to ask. No, Nancy, that's really true. And the, the other thing that I would love to say is sometimes when we look at the issue of poverty in America, it feels overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I know it does for me. Mm -hmm. We feel like what can one person do? And 
really the only thing we can do is just keep taking one tiny step forward at a time. And the way I look at it is each person's life that we improve with a warm coat is that much closer to fighting poverty. Yeah, that's so true. Oh, Beth, thank you for your big heart. And thank you for all the things that you do to improve the lives of, of the needy. Thank you, Alexa, and for shining a light on all of these things that we can do with our children to help them grow up to be good citizens of the world. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you Nancy. So nice to meet you. If you enjoyed this episode, we really encourage you to follow us on iTunes or Stitcher to subscribe, to leave a fantastic review, and of course, to share this episode. You can get all the show notes at losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 179. We also post on our Facebook page, and we invite you to join us in our Facebook group. The Mom Squad. I'm sorry, Your Mom Squad. <laughs> your Mom Squad. We would love it if you would follow us on Facebook, join us in the group, share all about us and all those great things, and keep coming back and listening for more. This is just the beginning of a very exciting season of important topics, and we're just thrilled to share them with you. We look forward to discussing in the future and have a fantastic day.